Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome here to another edition of Husker Online. Headlines, happy Friday to you, Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel. Man, Sip, we're busy. It's March. it's beautiful. You know, I love it. I know, it's beautiful. We have a ton of things to talk about all of a sudden. I mean, we could do a two-hour show. It's it's going to be... Not that I'm in favor of two-hour shows. <laughs> I think our most people in their cars can only handle about 35, 40 minutes. That's what we'll shoot for. All right. All right. But, let's roll. Husker online headlines here. We bring it to you usually every Friday is our goal. Um, Lots of headlines this week with the start of spring practice. But let's go right to what I think is the biggest headline, the recruiting news of the weekend. Um, So many top visitors. And, you know, we've had a chance to talk to some already. We're going to talk to more, um, you know, in some of the interviews we've been doing this week here on Husker online. Uh, But you just look at at this list of guys and we're going to talk about Dylan Ryle later on okay. but um man i mean this weekend for matt rule um you hate to say how much weight it carries but it carries a ton of weight well and it potentially could be very beneficial um again we've established that i don't know that they're going to get any big commits this weekend because these high profile players um players of this profile just don't commit this early very often right well and i think the key is can you get any of these guys to come back right and will will this week because you know we've talked to a lot of these guys and for most of them this is their first time ever coming to nebraska right and that's not uncommon right like unless you are tied to a family member here or the football program you generally don't come here very often just for the heck of it right i mean you think we talked we talked to jacob jacob smith and gerard smith last night the two kids from connecticut i mean big time players now these are big time players they've been to alabama twice they've been to notre dame i I mean multiple times they've been to all these other places multiple times but here they are at nebraska for the first time and they said um they're twins so forgive me if i forget which one said it but what oh it, it was actually gerard who's an interior defensive lineman he said as soon as rule got the job bam rule rules rules reaching out to omar him. hales too yeah so those guys reached out quick and he said he said he characterized this aggression that that nebraska recruited him with and not not in a bad way in a good way and that's what i like nebraska has to be aggressive and it has to see what i've been consistent in saying sean is and i know it's it's odd that people push back on this to me but when nebraska stopped having all conference players and i mean first team all conference players plural that it kind of coincided with the dip and then it's almost like we've forgotten how important it is to have okay how about an all-american or two how about an all-american or two because what's ohio state producing what's michigan producing several all-Americans. I mean, oh, oh, think about Michigan. They bring in even a transfer last year, Timmy, and he wins the Outland. Wins the Outland. It matters to have players well, now, like I mean, that. I don't, know why that. I don't know why that has to – why that fails to resonate with people. I 
are they okay with not winning championships? I don't know. I mean, sometimes I wonder. Well, think about this. The three NFL combine invites for Nebraska. How'd they all come to Nebraska? Think about that real fast. Okay. O'Shawn Mathis, Vokalek, and Trey Palmer. Transfer, transfer, transfer. So yeah. there's not, there hasn't been the type of identification and development at the high school level um, Great to, point. to get these guys. And Great point, you, Sean. Your three combine guys were transfer portal. Transfer, 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 yeah. So, and then you think about the year before. What was Samore Torre? Transfer. You got it. Yeah. So, so no, back to this weekend. Yeah, it's important. It's vitally important. You have, well, Dylan Rayola coming in, but you have the number one offensive tackle in the country. Um, you have the number one running back in California. The number one offensive tackle in the country is from California. Brandon Baker, their high school teammates. Yeah. And then Nathaniel Frazier. Yes. The running back. Mod- modern day high school. Um, home of Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Home of Matt Leinert. Yeah. Uh, a perennial power program. And, um, yeah, I was, I, I was able to talk to those guys here, and we're going to talk to them more later on Husker Online. Um, but I was like, you guys have a lot of dealings with Bryce Young. He come, he's like, they've seen him once since he's won the Heisman. But, I mean, just think about their high school produced the Heisman. Yeah, yeah, Bryce. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and We've talked to the number one player in Colorado, Gage Ginther, who's an offensive tackle, Sean. Offensive tackle. That's the guy. And he's lean. Yeah, you got to get – I mean, we talk, and, and I know I'm not going to – I'm not going to get on a – I'm not going to get on a um, soapbox here, but linemen, linemen. That's what you get an all get an all conference tackle in here. Grant Bricks will have a chance to visit with later this weekend. A number, arguably the number one player in Iowa. He's also a lineman. Okay, uh, projects interior probably. Carter Nelson um, will be back. Carter, number one see, player. How about Nebraska. Carter Nelson? Um, he was at Colorado this was week, he? so he, oh, he was. He just got he, he got back from Colorado this week. And expected to be at Nebraska, obviously this weekend. So, so I want to tell the Nebraska fans, Sean, what they're dealing with, because we talked to Gage Ginther. Gage Ginther again, the offensive tackle, um, number one player in Colorado. What did he say to us yesterday? He said, "Oh, he said all anybody talks about in the state of Colorado right now is Deion Sanders." And he's he said, that's one. all. Yeah, he said that's all anybody talks about. Think about this, like. Coach Dion, I mean, he's the number one player in Colorado, arguably. It's one of those years where Gage you, can, Ginther, yeah. you can make a case for two or three guys. But and if you just look at the quality of offers, Gage Ginther has the best offers in Colorado. He's got Tennessee. He's got Penn State. He's got Oklahoma. He's yeah. got Nebraska. He's yeah. got Prime. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, I mean, you got the rule Dion factor. And yeah. There's an X factor for Nebraska with Ginther because his father, Jonas, mm-hmm. played defensive back at Nebraska Kearney. Right, and is a big Nebraska fan. So they've got kind of an ace up their sleeve that I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure the new – I mean, maybe Don, Don and Raiola probably knew that, but I don't, you, you wonder if Nebraska staff knows that. I don't – I wonder – I mean, it is kind of like a Dylan Rayola, Dominic Rayola situation. The da- It almost feels like with Gage Ginther that his – I mean, he just acknowledged to us, yeah, my dad's playing a big role in this, and my dad is a huge Nebraska fan. So that that I mean, that's, there's no question that gives Nebraska an advantage. And Gage Ginther also talked about what what did he say, Sean? He's very he's for a young kid, he understands the big picture really well. He said, when I think of great football, I think of Big Ten in the SEC. It gives Nebraska advantage over Colorado. Colorado's in this sort of indefinite future. He he said that's going to play a factor. Yes, big, it should play a factor. I mean, but will that be settled by the summer? It might be. The future of the Pac-12. Okay, yeah, it could be. Colorado so, could be in the Big 12 by then. Yeah, and 
I think that's a better fit for Colorado. I, I have always felt that. I mean, if, if Utah and Arizona and Arizona State join the Big 12. Colorado should go. That, that's they a, will go. I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, they don't – to me, Colorado, Oregon – they don't identify as well, but Utah, Colorado, the Arizona schools, I mean, that's a good mix for Colorado. But uh, Gage Ginther, that's going to be one um, we'll be watching closely. Really interesting, yeah. Um, Andrew Sprague back again um, from Kansas City Rockhurst. Uh, this is, I believe, his third or fourth trip to Nebraska. His second with Matt Rule. Okay. Um, and this was a guy that your radio co-host, Bill Bush, initially offered from the previous staff. The coach at Rockers is Kelly Donahoe, who was the coach of Carlos and Khalil Davis back at Blue Springs High School in Missouri. Uh, Donahoe is an O'Neill, Nebraska native. So okay. there's a pretty good, I mean, connection to Nebraska, but – the key with Sprague is, you know, I believe it's his third or fourth trip to Nebraska um, going forward. So Nebraska has done a really good job of getting him to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? This is his third trip, by the way. He, That's good. That's um, he good was sign. up here in January, and he was up here now this weekend, and he came under the previous Nebraska staff back in May. So um, third visit in eight or ten months to Lincoln. I just like the fact that we just tra- – we just – transition from gage ginther the the best player in colorado happens to be a tackle to another tackle andrew spray best player in kansas city i I, I mean this again one of the best i'll keep harping on it It, it's got to start there it's got to start up up front really both sides and you'll have some other key in-state guys here davon hall isaiah mcmorris i'm really intrigued about receiver because you know what do you do i mean my understanding is nebraska can take two to three receivers well, they could take more, but that's what you think they're going to take. That's that's kind of their pencil in number. Well, okay. you got two in-state guys, but what if Donovan Riola, if he or Dylan Riola, excuse me, commits to Nebraska and he's got receivers on the hook with him? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's a sticky situation for this staff to manage. If you can only take two or three receivers, and you got two in the in-state mm-hmm. that you've offered already. Yeah, those are the things. That's why head coaches make a lot of money. You got to manage. Those are the sort of situations that a head coach has to manage. And you know what, Sean? Those decisions are the sort of decisions that make a difference. That that why is Nebraska not not gotten over the top? There's a lot of reasons, but maybe some of those maybe one reason is they just haven't managed those type of situations as well as they could. You got a couple under the radar guys here too. Um Riley Sunram. Um, who's the number one player in the state of North Dakota is here. Mm-hmm. And then Thomas Heiberger, who's the number two player in the state of South Dakota. Um, so, you know, in a lot of years, these are guys you would think Nebraska could get. Um, Michael Boganowski, the number one player in Kansas is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's amazing. You got the number one player in Idaho here, Sipple Gatlin Bear, a receiver. Um, you've got a lot of number one state players from you know states that Nebraska generally can have success in. Yeah, and that's again, it's nice. I would think if you're a fan, a Nebraska fan, it's nice to know that you can still do this. That you can still, you know, with the prolonged struggle, you can still draw players of this caliber to your campus. You don't have to get them all. I mean, you don't. That's not. You're not. I mean, it's unreal. Obviously, unrealistic. But the fact that you can still get these guys here now, Sean. So, to, what's the total number? Um. As far as what we've confirmed, and keep in mind, this is just what we've confirmed, there could be more guys here than that. But for the 2024 group, 
we have 25 visitors confirmed um actually 26 um ryan wingo who's the number one player in missouri um the top two players in missouri really were here this weekend ryan wingo and Jaden riddell actually the top three players from missouri are here williams norarney ryan wingo and then Jaden riddell was here at practice on thursday think about that missouri missouri of the bordering states is the best state to nebraska the top three and the top three players from missouri are here see see again i i hope nebraska fans are listening this is a this is an aggressive approach rule has turned up the aggression wouldn't you say i mean you can't really say that for the frost staff was this aggressive they just you can't say that you can say the riley staff was pretty aggressive to pull a weekend off like this everything has to be aligned yeah you know you have to be connected and everyone's got to be working together and i mean it's a lot of work a mm-hmm. lot of management a lot of organization mm-hmm. <laughs> one questionable thing i wonder they, they mentioned going to the baseball game on twitter i don't know if i who's the, who the players um, did the um there's tweets about telling husker fans to go to the baseball game okay so my thought on that is they must be you know, they're going to give that to kids as an option mm-hmm. to go out there because they can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not exactly a chamber of commerce night to sit out at no, Haymarket no, Park. No, it won't be. It, it, it's actually, you don't have to wear a jacket right now, but it'll be, it'll be, I mean, we're sitting here at noon. Um, I, yeah, it won't be exactly pleasant, but it's not a horrible idea. And maybe those kids can stay in a suite or something, some of them. I don't know, Sean. It's just, it's just pretty amazing what we're talking about, I guess. And, and uh, I know I keep, and there's using the, the word aggressive, but I, that's what's got to be. Looks like Dylan Riola might be at the baseball game based on this tweet that he quote tweeted from Omar Hales on the screen. But have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything. No, nah, everything's PG. Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. 510 declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, speaking of Dylan Riola, yes. let's move on to headline oh, yeah, number yeah, two. We better do that. Headline number two, Dylan Riola schedules an official visit to Georgia for the first weekend in June, June 2nd. Why is this significant? Well, number one, it's his first official. Everything he's been doing now is considered an unofficial visit. Official visits, you only get five of them. Those are the ones the school can pay for everything and can set up everything and do everything on the, on the school level. And the other thing that's significant about this to me, Steve Sipple, is June 2nd's a long time from now. Right. And I, I think there's this narrative out there that he's a silent commit or could commit sooner rather than later. It's Nebraska. But if you go out and report that you're taking an official on June 2nd, what does that mean? Well, it means he's not a silent commit to Nebraska. That, that's that got to go away. I, and I don't even think it's prominent at this point. Um, yeah, if. Yeah. So what's it mean? It means he's taken his recruitment deep into the summer or into the summer for sure. I'm not saying deep into the summer, but into the summer. This will be his seventh time to Georgia. It'll be his seventh trip. He's been in Nebraska a lot, though, too. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I'm just saying I'm not trying to rankle you, Sean. I'm just saying, yeah, they've I mean, and they've talked. They Dominic's talked to me a lot about Georgia. Um, 
they did some baseball stuff in the state of Georgia last summer, I believe. And they would end up going to Athens, you know, unofficial visits. Now, yeah, here we go with an official. Dominic has been quoted now on the record um, as saying, I mean, man, it's just elite. Everything they do, he said, everything they do is elite. And it's so competitive. And Dylan likes that competitiveness. Um, so you can imagine in, in Kirby, I have read articles about what, what has Kirby smart done at Georgia? Why is it, why is that program been able, been able to ascend? Well, it's part, it's partially that like, for instance, they have, they have, they have bloody practices on Tuesday, not literally bloody, but they're, they're really shocked. They're, they're, they're full go full contact. Which, Tuesdays. Not to be the old Nebraska guy here, but that's how it probably used to be here at one point. Oh, it was here. Yeah. Full contact Tuesdays are famous down there. And so Kirby, Kirby, I think, ramped up competition. It's probably very similar to Alabama now in that way. Culture, well, it's maybe surpassed Alabama, um, but it's similar for sure. So, yeah, it's, that's big news. Now, will he offic officially visit USC? My guess is yes. I think he wants to officially – we're talking about Dylan Rayola. I think he wants to visit Oregon. I, I, well, he's I going out there the 29th. That, April 29th. Yeah, and April 29th. April 29th is, uh, as of now, that's an unofficial. That's mm -hmm. the Oregon spring game. Okay. You can take an official in April, but that's not, at least as of today, an official. Um, you know, there are very few players, and I talked to Brandon Baker about this because Brandon Baker, the number one tackle in the country, he plans to probably hold out until December, he told me. He December. And there, we discussed this. Like, there's not a lot of players that carry that kind of leverage. You know, meaning they could take it that deep yeah if you're in no knock on a three-star type recruit or whatnot but their spots like schools will have only so many spots and you have to know that as a recruit like your seat at the restaurant table could go quickly you mm -hmm. better if you got a chance to get a seat at the nice restaurant in town and you want to eat there you better go there so if you're if you're baker you can wait because they'll they'll reserve a seat for we're you. like yeah dylan riola uh, Brandon Baker, mm -hmm. they they pull out a table from the back if they want to come, and they just yeah. put it in the restaurant. Like go. remember uh, Goodfellas when uh, did, he yeah, shows just, up in the restaurant through the back door, and they put the table right in the front. It. Yeah, just saw it. That that that's Dylan Riola. Yeah, they're playing that one of those stations right now that plays movies over and over. So I yeah, it was good on movie the other by day. the way. Pretty good. Oh, uh, but yeah, oh, so yeah, the Dylan guy. Riola thing. You're right. That that was pretty big news today that he set that June two official visit to Georgia. And there's some Nebraska fans on the Red Sea Scrolls on a Husker Online that have like, oh, doesn't mean that. I mean, I I interpret that as he he's doing it. Like, why would he schedule that and 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 not want to take the officials? I don't. I, don't, I think he's going. I think. I mean, that would to me the the Georgia people um I've talked to from the get get go their feel from Georgia was that there was going to be a round of officials taken after this spring, you know, tour of visits. I don't think that there's a couple things that come to mind, Sean. I don't think, I mean, again, I mean, it's pretty well established at this point, but I know Dominic pretty well. I just don't think he would operate that way. I don't think he'd play that sort of game. I don't, what I'm saying is I don't think they would publicly say they're kind of taking an official to Georgia, knowing that they're not. Well, I don't think they do that. And number two, and this is probably more important. They enjoy this process. Not, and, and I don't say that in a bad way. They're huge college football fans. They get a chance to, to go on these official visits um, and see these programs in a very intimate way. And it, 
and, and know all the intricacies and talk to Kirby Smart, who's on top of the college football world, talk to Lincoln Riley, go to Nebraska, talk to a program that's desperately trying to get back and, is, and wants to lean on him to do it. And by the way, his dad played here and his uncle's here. It's it's they don't look at it as, oh, God, this is really stressful. It's it's they're enjoying this process. So the fact that they're kind of taking it deep doesn't really surprise me. There is an argument, though, like if he's trying to help the school that he's going to go to, wouldn't you want to be committed a little earlier? Because a lot of guys are going to commit by June. Good point. And so the the that's ba- a good point. The too. bang that he brings to your recruiting class, whoever lands Dylan Riola, mm-hmm. uh, that bang comes with other players. And the longer you go, a lot of those players might be squeezed to make the decisions. Right, and then you lose them. I, I understand that. There's a, I don't know. I mean, I always get a little uncomfortable with that discussion because what are you doing at that point? You're putting a lot of pressure on Dylan Rayola to be the lead recruiter now. So not only does he have to lead your program back at the quarterback position, by the way, we need you to land a bunch of guys for us. I, I, I mean, I don't know, Sean. That, I guess I'm a little bit – I'd be a little protective of the kid in that way. Like, what if they don't get those kids? You know, then is it Dylan Rayola's fault at that point? Yeah, See what I'm saying? It's a slippery slope, though, if you're holding spots for him and other guys. I got it. I understand. Because – I just sort of cringe when you start down this road of if he commits now, then he can bring in all these other players. Like, is there anything else you want him to do? You want him to, you want to have him work on the defense too? I mean, well, there, I mean, there, his power to reach out to kids. Oh, it's, it's big. It's I big. Understand, I understand that. It's impactful. Yeah. I understand. All that right. Completely. Headline number three spring practice week one in the books. Um, Man, we've learned a lot. Um, we were in there for like 45 minutes on Thursday yep. and it, for, it was, it was, uh, it felt like mid season. Yeah. And it was only the third practice. It was the first practice in pads. And as, as usual, we're all, you know, the media, we try to push, we probably push things like they practice for three weeks. Well, it's the third practice is the first time in pads, but that said, Tony white, for instance, the new defensive coordinator was pretty illuminating and just bringing up two players that have already flashed in his mind, Malcolm Hartzog and John Bullock. And those um, – John Bullock's a name we just hardly have heard at all. Creighton Prep and Junior. His brother, Alex, is a very good receiver, too. Like, he, he's a walk-on receiver. But the Bullock brothers from Prep, tough, fast, athletic kids. Both of them are. Yeah, so they've moved John Bullock from safety, from a D-back, defensive back position, down to linebacker. Now, he was hurt, Sean, last year. Um, oh, he hurt himself in camp. And I think it probably slowed him a little bit. Now, he was on special teams. He's, he was a very valuable special teams member. But isn't that interesting now? John, as a junior, walk-on from Creighton Prep, a player you're very familiar with, is getting mentioned as a guy who could be an impact player. When he had played specials. Like yeah, he, he was he'd a special been teams a, player. You know, like Grant Taggy, guys like him, they have been valuable. Phelan Sanford, walk-on level special teams guys. Um, but it brings you back. You mentioned Hartstug, Mal- Malcolm Hartsog. Um, the the discussion at safety, right? Uh, because they're saying he's playing a little bit of everything. But my understanding is he's his trajectory. Tra- I can't even say that trajectory word. is safety. Is that right? Is that right? Like that? That's where he right. might project. I'm going to switch my word because I can't say the other word. Uh, trajectory. <laughs> Do it with me, Sean. 
trajectory. Trajectory. Good. There you go. go. Nice. My tongue wasn't warmed up for that one. So hey, now no, what's fascinating? So, so right away, Tony White, the new defensive coordinator, is talking about players who have flashed, and he brings up Malcolm Hartsog and John Bullock. Mal Hartsog, the the former coaching staff obviously loved him. They they. They moved him in, Tommy Hill out of corner for him. They moved, yeah, after game four, game five, Hartsog is injected into the starting lineup, gives up two deep balls at Rutgers to a bigger player. Rutgers clearly targeted Malcolm, got him. And, and that, but you know what that staff said? Just let it go. We're, let him go. Let, let him fight through this. They like him that much, Sean. And a lot of it is his intangibles are through the roof good. He is a dude now. I mean, he is a, he's an every day, he shows up every day ready to work loves football they they can't those like bill bush can't say enough about just how dialed in he is um you don't gotta worry about him sean he's just one of, he's like an employee you don't have to like me he's an employee you don't have to worry about and i know sometimes we're hard on eric shenander but you think about some of the diamond in the rough guys he brought to nebraska cam taylor Britt, mm -hmm. malcolm harsog Oh, those are two good I ones. I mean, those were under the radar, three star under the radar in the bushes guys. Two good ones, yeah. And they both could be pros. Oh, Cam Taylor. Well, Cam Taylor Britt is a pro. I mean, he's Arzog, a really good pro. Like he's a really good pro was already. Mr. Football in class, I believe, two A or three A in Mississippi. So he was decorated, but he, you know, he, it took some. I mean, he was kind of in the backwoods. I mean, you had to you had to go out and find this kid. Yeah, I'm really surprised we're talking about him to, to this extent. Of the 30-some guys they brought in a year ago, he was towards the bottom of the names, like as right. far as like rankings right. and offers. Yeah, it just shows you sometimes. You just don't know for sure. But anyway, he's definitely prominent in the picture. Now, what would happen if he moves moves to safety? You know Quentin Newsom's going to be one corner. You know that. Now, who's the other corner? That that becomes the discussion, right? Can Omar Brown play corner? That's what he used to play. I think no. I think Omar Brown is in the very safety. much in the discussion at safety. Now, could you use Mark Marquise Buford at corner when he comes back from his knee injury? Marquise Buford, by the way, starter at safety last year, not practicing this spring because of his ACL, but Buford could play corner. Corey Collier is he a corner or a safety? Safety. So you you got those. I mean. Tommy Hill Tommy is the Hill. one you wonder about right away, right? Braxton Clark, I don't really – I, I mean, don't rule – He's I, been I, here a long time. I know. I don't want to rule anybody out. But if he is – if if they are if they are talking about moving Hartsog, it, it does bring up that question. And then, you know what they are talking about the other day, and I don't know if you caught this, Sean. I don't know – you know, we all float around to different interviews that are going on simultaneously sometimes – they're using a rover, like they're using a third safety. So that could be Miles Farmer. That could be. They're using a third safety. So I don't know what that's all going because Miles like. Farmer um, has a good feel for the game, but some of the, the change of directions, the issue there, Sean, change of direction, kind of speed, change of direction. So the, you might you might see a little different role for him. And he did have the offseason. Um, oh yeah, he was in the house arrest for a while. DUI situation. So yeah, yeah that's not going to be overlooked so there, there's you wonder where he's at in the grand scheme of it he's played a lot of football in yeah i'd like to see what those alignments look like right now that first yeah and that was you know we got to see sometimes they give you know you can see groupings and figure it out we didn't it was kind of hard to figure out too much you saw the one offensive line and that was if you help me out here sean that was turner corcoran at left this was just again one practice one part of a practice but it was turner corcoran left tackle Ethan Piper, left guard, Ben Scott, center, 
Nordine Nuili, right guard, then Ben Hart, right, right. tackle. And, that, and then Prohaska is the wild card when he comes back. But He's got a green jersey on. Now, he's practicing, which is a good sign. Uh, number 65 was out there with a green jersey on, Prohaska. How about the linemen, though? The lack of numbers in the spring. Um, mm -hmm. Just 10 scholarship linemen. Interior D linemen. No, O-line. Oh, O-line. Okay, stay I mean, with the O-line, yeah. That, because I'm... You know, there's a lot of springs at Nebraska where there's 25 offensive linemen. There's 14. 14 with one out. And so there's nine scholarship linemen available and then four walk-ons. And that jumped out to me. That has to be the lowest number of walk-on linemen on the roster. Four. Four. Yeah. And, and, and 14's and, a low, pretty in low like number. Hist in modern-day history. Like I, I've never seen the walk-on number for Nebraska line that low. Why is it that low? A lot of things. Um, I mean, it's just hard. I mean, like they they had like Hoskinson's kid came here as a walk on lineman. He's now a fullback. Okay. And so you see some of that going on. Yeah. Um, but if there's a kid that has the measurables that you would want to walk on here, they're going to get other opportunities, and and that that's the hard part that's about the, the walk on thing. program. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, so yeah, fourteen. Total offensive lineman is a low number, and that strikes you because of what Trev Albert said a few months ago, a couple months ago on the radio, which is the spring game is going to look like a game. Now, you got to think about: do you have enough? Do you have enough linemen to play to to, to play two you two know, full units with some subs? Thank you. Yeah, and and the way it's set up now, you have thirteen. I mean, like the Corcorans and those type of players could they they'd have to play almost the entire spring game, right? I just don't. And I don't know. know if that's realistic. I, that's exactly right. So that's the kind of things. Again, a head coach has to kind of. Your boss is on the radio talking about how you're going to play a full game or something that looks like a game. But wait a second, we, hey boss, we don't have a lot of offensive linemen, and frankly, we don't have a lot of defensive linemen either. You might have. I mean, and this this would not be super popular, but you might have to do a move the ball offense versus defense scrimmage where you start the ball on the twenty five. And then you have ones, then twos, and threes. Yeah, and that that that's fine. I mean, if that's the way it goes, I think you have to. That'll be an interesting story when April, as April twenty two nears, and we start to try to figure out what that spring game is going to look like. Um, I I don't know. Maybe Matt will just say no. We we can we we'll make it work. This roster though will be small, like for what we smaller. Seen, I mean. It will be around 125 ish players, which yeah, it will be. That will be one of the smaller rosters we've seen probably since the Callahan era around yep. that time. I mean, we know Solch's rosters were huge, huge. Osborne's were big. Yeah, um, Bo pumped it back up. He had to shave it off with Title Nine things, and then Moose gave Frost the clearance to add like 20 more players to get back up to 155. Well, Frost was at 155. Yeah, ish. And yeah. Um, you know that to add 20 more walk-ons you had they had to create 20 additional female roster spots mm -hmm. for title nine so they had like a developmental women's swim team yeah and this is not anything that hadn't been published henry cordis from the world herald did like a story about the measures nebraska had to do to be compliant with title nine and it just my feel is like those additional 20-ish roster spots are gone now mm. and really it's more like 30 mm. interesting but as the walk-on program bared the quality it once did. That's 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 a whole nother show. Yeah, it's a whole nother show. Um, the other things that we saw in that practice were, I mean, really jumped out at me was, well, I'd say the best-looking player from a physical standpoint on a team is Jeff Sims. I mean, it really is eye-popping. 6'4", 220. Um, I mean, I, 
Yeah, I, I That's understand. It's going to be tough news for you to take back to the Casey Thompson campaign office. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> I understand why coaches would get enamored with that. I mean, with with the, with the with it looks the, like that, Vince Young with that. Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, it looks like very Vince, much looks like Vince Young. That's what it huge. looks like. Yeah, he's big. He's you know he's 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 a dynamic athlete. And what does Satterfield say? We really like the way he throws the ball. I mean, come on. I mean, I I mean when I look at him, I think, man, I bet he can really run. And then Satterfield's up at the podium, Marcus, talking about how well he throws it. You know, he can run it. Look at it. I mean, he looks like a thoroughbred. I mean. This is it's a really interesting picture there. Um, I mean, you have two of your very high end athletes at quarterback. Heinrich's like that too, but you know, it's good. Chubb, as, hey, Chubba too. Chubb's good looking. I athlete. mean, Chubba runs well. Lo- yeah, Logan Ch- runs well. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, Torres do. is like the only one. And did you see that? There's an old Miss transfer too at quarterback. Jack woke and. He, I don't know if that's how you pronounce he, it. W O C H E. He um he came from IMG Academy. Yeah, he walk on. But that that one kind of I mean I'm sure it was published on Twitter, but I I just didn't remember seeing. I mean that well, one kind of slid under the radar. But Sean, he's a walk on. Yeah, but I mean some IMG Academy, Old Miss. It's not like he came. Threw, to, I think he threw nine passes at Old Miss. Um, either at IMG or Old Miss, one of the two. But anyway, yeah, it's it's a good looking group there for sure. I'm trying to think what else. Well, I'll tell you what else jumped out at me is Arik Gilbert. I mean, Arik Gilbert. I thought he was a there's, left there, By the way, thank you, Megan. There, there's the quarterbacks. Uh, Arik Gilbert. Huh. I mean, there was a little thought in my mind a couple weeks ago when Matt Rule was talking about Arik Gilbert saying he weighed 260, right? But still ran fast. I thought it was 280. Okay, 280. All right. So I thought, what, what, what goes through your mind? Oh, okay. Did he report out of shape? No, he didn't. You see him at practice. He's not out of shape. He's in shape. He looks great. He looked like a left tackle. Yeah, but he looks great. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I know you hate it when I bring up Bill Bush, but Bush coached him at LSU. Oh, I don't. And and he said that, yeah, he did things that the coaches were kind of flabbergasted by. Oh, he's Gilbert. gifted. Look at look at him. Look. Oh, that's not the I'm sorry. Oh, I, I thought 60, <laughs> I thought 60, got excited. Sean. I thought 63 was Gilbert there. <laughs> no, he's, like, fit, he's 89. Eric Gilbert's 89. People get familiar with him fast. Now, now again, fascinating. Satterfield, Marcus, talking about playing three tight ends, 13 personnel. I mean, who's play, the third one? Well, I, my guess is Bonner a lot. You'd play him, maneuver him around, move him in and line. Bonner out is special. Like, he's got ability. He had that terrible injury and, you know, broke his leg. Femur. In, yeah, in high school. He was ejected from a vehicle. Yeah, got a car accident. So, yeah, my my vision immediately went to you'd play those two big hosses, Fedoni and Arik Gilbert, and then have Bonner in there as, you know, 6'3", 220-pounder that you can move around. Um, and then, yeah, 13 personnel creates a lot of headaches in the running game, for instance, for a defense because you move – I don't know. It just it just creates headaches because you can move those guys around. All right, headline number four. I want to talk Matt Rule because uh, you know we we've kind of been oh able, yeah we've kind of been able to go in the kitchen now a little bit and see a little bit more Matt Rule behind the stove in the and, kitchen and um, see him in action. And immediately we're waiting in the holding tank, the reporter holding tank, the lobby there on the north mm-hmm. lobby. And um, you know, I, I observed this immediately. Every player when they came down the stairs. They like checked in like they were signing into something and then they did a mouthpiece check and then they had to turn around to Jay Terry 
and you know make sure that their back pad was properly covered on their uniform and they were geared up with their socks and everything properly and you know like yeah. what's the big that, that is i've never seen anybody do that before not here i i don't know that i've seen that and that's good of you to see that i didn't even see him doing that it's very and, it's interesting and jay terry was like mouthpiece and like the guy had it like i mean it, it, that that's a direct order he's not just doing that like right. he is told you need to check every guy for a mouthpiece excellent and you sign them in make sure they're here i like it from the standpoint of i've always you know, I have high regard for this program, Sean. I really do. I mean, I, I've covered it for almost 30 years. And it I, I always, you know what I appreciate about uh, I appreciate about Rule that I didn't necessarily appreciate about Frost as the time went on. Rule, I think, really respects the magnitude of the program. Like he like he talked about how he became sort of I maybe emotional is a little too strong, but just seeing that in on the helmet, um, he said, like on a personal note, you know, I was out there and just seeing those iconic helmets. And you know what? This program does mean something to him from that standpoint. And I've always been a little protective of it. I like if I were an AD, I'd want a coach to understand. Now, this is a this is a big time operation, and it needs to be treated as such. Bill Callahan, I thought, did that really well really well big time operation make it treat it like that and i think rule is doing a great job of that so far well here's just a couple nuggets like nathaniel uh frazier um from modern day you know he said he's like man when i made my tweet that i was coming to nebraska i had never had a tweet that even came close to the engagement of that tweet yeah well the fan base because is the fan base he said it had over a hundred thousand views and right. Another one of the guys said is crazy. Like even driving by the McDonald's, you know, way, you know, they had Husker logos and stickers on the window at McDonald's mm -hmm. here. And, you know, for a California guy, that's like, whoa. I mean, because. Oh, yeah. They get, wait till they get immersed in it. I mean, they'll understand it uh, to his point. Now, you can't come in for one weekend and fully understand no. it. But you get an idea of it. And that's the thing why that spring game becomes such a valuable recruiting tool because those kids will go to a spring game practice. And they'll see an atmosphere that's better than than many fall atmospheres and at even Big Ten teams. I mean, Nebraska's spring game atmosphere is much better than some of the some of the Big Ten atmospheres that we go to, Illinois, um, Northwestern, Purdue, a lot of times, even Minnesota, 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 to a extent, Minnesota, hit and, but, Minnesota's hit and miss. Yeah. Um, but like Nathaniel Frazier even is like, because when I was researching about coming out to Nebraska. I couldn't believe the sellout streak. Like he, he goes, he goes, they've sold out every game like since 1962. Oh, the fans here are critical. And Brandon Baker says, he goes, what was the record again last year? Right. I exactly. Go, and I said it was four and eight. And he said, and they sold out every game still. Right. I'm like, yeah, that's fast. Like, I, I think, you know, a lot of people don't. So we live in it every day. We don't appreciate like the magnitude of that streak. I do, and there, there, there <laughs> Don't are lump me into that. I younger colleagues it. of ours in yeah. the media that poo-poo -poo it. They, I don't. They want to get rid of it, and and I don't understand. Oh God, that. don't yeah, don't get yeah, me started. Don't, but don't you know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and they they call it a fake streak, yeah. and it's not a fake. No, streak. not really. I mean, there, there's they've been creative to save it along, but it's right. still remarkable. Oh my God, is it remarkable? And it is critical, and that's why Matt Rule at the beginning of the last well the when he addressed us after winter conditioning 
had that press conference, the first thing he did was thank the fans. You can't, and, and Trev Alberts does a great job of, of always acknowledging the importance of the fans. We got to take care of the fans. The fans are critical part of the discussion. There's a lot of kids that you would you just don't even have a prayer of getting if you don't have that that level of interest here. Well, it's just remarkable. Like I, I think about, it, I I once did an interview with a news publication in India, and, <laughs> and no joke, a writer contacted right. me because they were fascinated about the sellout streak, and they're like, "How is a state with this population fill a stadium like this for that many years?" Like, uh, it's, 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 it's an a, incredible. It's, love it's a phenomenon. That's yeah, part of our fabric, is what it is, and the state's fabric. And rule back to rule embraces it. He doesn't stiff arm it like some. I mean, let's face it. There's a few coaches we've had here that didn't fully embrace it, and he. I would say he fully embraced the fan it. power. Is the biggest asset of this program. It period, is. Period. One, one hundred. Without the fans, what is Nebraska right now? It's it's Purdue. It's yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's well, not that Purdue's bad. I mean, they've become a pretty good football program. But you're right. I mean, it's not even a it's a shadow of what it is. All right, final headline, final thoughts on pro day for Nebraska. Um, we were hoping to catch up with Garrett Nelson a little bit more, but we did talk to him after pro day. Uh, we talked to Caleb Tanner. Uh, Trey Palmer was at Pro Day. We visited with him. Chancellor Brewington uh, had a chance to catch up with him and Travis Volklag. So uh, five players were there um, at the Nebraska Pro Day. They also separated, you know, the small school Pro Day. Uh, they did that after um, the Nebraska Pro Day. So the state colleges could have, you know, their guys in a separate Pro Day workout um, at Nebraska. Um, so a couple new twists that Matt Rule brought into the Pro Day. Um, but it was good just to see those guys and get a feel for how their draft process might go. Oh, yeah, and, that, and I thought they performed well. I get Garrett Nelson came out of it very, I mean, pleased with his performance, and he should be. You saw him. He looked great. I mean, he he got himself ready in a big way. He, I think he ran a – he looked powerful. That, when I watched him run the 40, the word that came into my mind was powerful. That was a powerful 40. That's a big man moving fast. He, I mean – and Sean, if he can't play in the NFL, all it does to me is demonstrates how difficult it is to get in the NFL. Now, Chancellor Brewington is another guy with big long shot to get in the NFL, but man, he looked good. Chancellor Brewington. He wanted to come back for his seventh year. Yeah, that was a little side note that was fascinating. He he said that he would have come back for his seventh year, but the NCA denied his waiver request. He, he was hurt two years at Northern Arizona. One was the COVID year. So I guess that didn't count. Yeah, I mean, there's not, now I don't get into ogling grown men but look i mean look at garrett i mean that's he, he he trained hard for he trained hard for this obviously um and he was impressive i, I thought that trey was impressive trey didn't run a 40 he'd ran we a didn't 40. get times and i and i know people are fr- like but they, they don't put out an official they time they don't do it now it's every scout runs their own watch right and where we were at you could run a watch, but you're at a bad angle. Like, oh God, yeah, that would have been. Really I mean, you're di- you have to be right at the finish line to run a true clock. I don't think. I mean, us running our cell Apple phone I, clock would be. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I used to have. A, if we could have been closer, I could have had my stopwatch. I have a real. I mean, but it's not accurate. No, and I'm not going to put inaccurate times out for my cell phone. No, at a bad angle. No, Trey. I think Trey Palmer wanted to show. Well, I know he because he told us he wanted to participate mainly in running the routes catching balls from matt masker who was the quarterback who looked pretty good by the way throwing the ball and he you know 
some people might look at Trey and say, well, you, you know, he runs a great vertical and he, he can fly by a corner, but how's he run routes? Does he, does he run crisp routes or crispy routes as he calls them? And he did. I mean, he looked good. He's a good route runner. And he wanted to show that to those scouts. So I think he did a good job. Oliver Martin, again, big long shot, Sean. I mean, let's not pretend Oliver Martin's got a great shot to make it in the league. His broad jump was but one of the most impressive broad jumps I've ever seen in person. 11-2. He went 11-2 in the broad jump. I was astounded by it. And the kid, the guys there clapped. They were, there was a, I mean, they, they gave him applause. Um, so, yeah, that was good. Um, Caleb Tanner's a guy to watch, I think, in this whole process. Um, he he was up to 237. He played at about 222. So he put on he put on some weight, uh, uh, and he looks dynamic. Again, probably not a guy that'll get drafted, but could make a roster. So that broad jump to give you some perspective on that at the Oliver NFL, Martin's broad jump. Uh, at the NFL Combine that would have ranked fourth. Jeez, there you go. And you can't really fudge a broad jump. I mean, no. a 40, I think there's a lot of questions about times, mm-hmm. but a broad jump's a broad jump. Um, the best broad jump was Julius Brents from Kansas State at corner. He went 11-6. Yeah. Deontay Banks from Maryland went 11-4. Then Jalen Hyatt, a wide receiver from Tennessee, went 11-3. Then you've got three players that did 11-2. So yeah, that that's an elite mark. Yeah, I'll, and he ran well too. I mean, I don't know what his forty Oliver Martin's forty was, but he he was ripping. His so, vertical was over forty. I think it was four, yeah, forty in the vertical too. Forty one. Yeah, forty one. And, and that's if you're over thirty six, you're in you know, good strange company. territory for the human race. Now at the combine, there were about ten or fifteen over forty this year. That's a lot. For, uh, Jartavius Martin from Illinois. Um, he went 44 inches. At the combine. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So yeah, that I thought now here's the downer and I'm not, this is not a knock on Trent Hicks or Brock Bando. They didn't participate. They got jobs and they're getting on with their lives. Um, no offensive lineman in Nebraska's pro day and no hand in the dirt D lineman, no hand in the dirt D lineman. Like what Devin Drew's just not going to do pros. I'm guessing. Uh, apparently not. Um, so there you go. Um, it's, yeah, I, I mean, any way you shake it, that's not a great sign. And it, but it's it continues with what I continue to what I will will continue to emphasize. They have to solve that piece, Sean. And and if you're really honest with yourself about this current Nebraska team, they don't have enough beef. Not on defense. Not on defense. Maybe no. you could convince me on offense, but the offensive line. I'm not. I'm. I have an open mind about that group, but man, they're a little light up front on defense. And that's, that's teams will pick up on that pretty and quick. I'm not convinced you can just get a guy from the portal because guess um, who wants a big guy that can play defense? I know, everybody, so everybody. Yeah. I mean, and it would, the NIL, there's a lot of things that go into that. And Nebraska was fortunate to get Oshan Mathis, but he, I mean, he, he was quality, did his job. He was quality, but it, it wasn't like, I mean, Trey Palmer was a home run from the portal. Oh, yeah. O'Shawn was fine. He was good. There's no way. There's no way you can he say didn't he change was a the pro. Like, he didn't change the record. But, like, Trey Palmer changed the record. Books. I know. But I think good. here's what I think about O'Shawn. I think we're going to be talking about a guy who plays on Sunday for a while. And, yeah, people don't know O'Shawn that well uh, because he only did the one interview in Ireland all season. He, he shut him off. He didn't talk the other day. He didn't talk. 
did, did he he didn't meet with the media now and i've tried to reach out to oshan and I, I hear nothing just doesn't do interviews apparently but when i did him he was great and super nice guy that's the thing it's possible that i mean he was sort of critical of something when when what ireland um i think he questioned like the the team quitting or the, the way they played in ireland yeah and something the context got you know how it goes yeah and mickey wasn't happy with with it um it was some i think it was some subsequent of ireland by the way because mickey wasn't happy with what o'shawn said so maybe the maybe what we're getting at here sean is o'shawn just shut it down and he's he hasn't talked since which is fine i mean he's gonna he's gonna keep his mind on business clearly now he looked good the other day clearly he's trained well he's trying to hey sean he's he's trying to get in the nfl and i bet he will i mean I think he's got a good sh shot to play in that league, real good shot to play in that league. He's invited to the combine and and had a decent combine. I'm not great, but good enough. Yeah, the question from Nebraska as we wrap up pro day talk. I mean, will they get two, three, or four draft? I mean, I, I don't I don't see five, but two, three, I, or four. I think two is for sure. Three decent chance. Four absolute best case. Yeah. Um, and you know, Volkolek and Garrett, Garrett Nelson are the fringe guys. I think Oshan and Trey get drafted, and I think. Volkolek falls later close he, he didn't run the 40 because of a stress fracture and his foot suffered against iowa he's still recovering from a little bit oh and the x factor on him is the medical like when they go to the combine when they poke and do those checkups like how, how's his body because he's dealt with some bad feet stuff yeah yeah you know and how will he come out of the medical I'll side of see. and that you know there's a lot of things on that but uh great show um great coverage more stuff coming on husker online this weekend uh, we've got a great spring special right now, a monthly special. Get four months of Husker Online um, for $10. Four months for $10, limited time spring football special. So get online and check out Husker Online. Uh, we're going to have full coverage, a lot more interviews. Steve Sipple coming from the recruiting weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Thanks for joining us here on another edition of Husker Online Headlines. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan.